0: You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more, visit cac.org. Our desire is to honor and share the best parts of the Christian contemplative traditions so that this collective wisdom might serve the flourishing of humanity, all beings, and all of creation. My name is Ben Kesey, and I lead the development team at the Center for Action and Contemplation. I want to thank all of you who are generous donors, giving freely and cheerfully to make this work possible. If you've been impacted by these podcast conversations and are inspired to invest in the future of CAC's mission and work, twice per year, we invite your financial support. To contribute, go to cac.org slash donate to make a gift. Thank you so much. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel as written to us by Luke. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the desert for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during that time, and when they were over, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are, the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, but one does not live on bread alone. Then he took him up and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a single instant. And he said to him, I shall give to you all this power and glory it has been handed over to me, and I may give it to whomever I wish. All this will be yours if you but worship me. Jesus said in reply, It is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him alone shall you serve. Then finally he led him to Jerusalem. He made him stand on the very parapet of the temple. And he said, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you. And with their hands they will support you, lest you even dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him in reply, But it also says, you must not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every temptation, he departed from him for a time. This is the gospel of the Lord. So, we always begin Lent with one account or another of Jesus' 40 days in the desert, which, of course, is where the whole notion of the 40 days of Lent came from. That if he found this to be necessary, some kind of trial, temptation, then we have to face ours. And let me just say, first of all, something about trial and temptation. Why is it necessary? I look at my own life, and I invite you to look at yours. Really, we only tend to grow during times of trial. We all like it when everything's going well, but you don't really grow. You're on cruise control during that time. But when you're in that Moments I'm going to describe where you feel safe enough, but also with a certain degree of conflict, that's when people change. That's when people grow. Now the trouble in our very unstable society is that most people don't feel safe. They don't feel grounded. They don't feel secure. They don't feel held, loved. Affirmed. Use whatever word you want. Now the religious answer is the way we find that ultimate safety is, as overused as it might sound to you, is trusting in God. That we are not alone. That someone else is in charge. And that in the end, it's radically okay. That's faith. And as the second reading said, no one has ever trusted in the Lord and been put to shame. But the trouble is, you only know that afterwards. When you're in the middle of the trial, in the middle of the temptation, you of course try to frantically solve the problem. Yourself, by yourself. But your union with God, your deeper intimacy with God, Normally, only grows during times of trial I'm going to say that as a rather absolute statement and I know none of us like it we all try to run from it but if we could see it as an opportunity as even a gift because what is our goal intimacy with God and if trial is going to lead me there then give it to me Believe me, I don't say it myself, but when it comes, I try to say it. So then let's let's look at these three specific temptations. I would call the first one, well, all three of them are temptations to the misuse of power. Human beings cannot handle power unless and until they don't need it too much. And I think we see that in our government, just misuse of power in both parties. It doesn't really make much difference. It's a lot of men who have a lot of power, but not much wisdom, not much ability to use power for the common good instead of just themselves. So we have Jesus in the first temptation saying that he's going to use his power not to work miracles, but to go to a better place, a deeper place. The second temptation seems to be a temptation to political power. I will give you all the power and glory that has been handed over to me. That's a rather scary line. Is the devil really the one in charge? Certainly it's saying normally to get power at that level. To some degree, you have to sell your soul. You have to give up your real values. And I think that's what happens to both Democrats and Republicans, unless they're grounded in something deeper. It's always about using my power so, frankly, I can get reelected. <laughs> Big deal. Hmm? Uh, if only they could see their short time. How can I serve the common good? How can I serve America? And then the third temptation is, I think, a temptation to the misuse of religion, which perhaps is the most dangerous of all. And I'm sure you noted that in the first two temptations, Jesus quotes the scripture. But in the third temptation, the devil quotes scripture. So just because someone is saying, the Bible says, the Bible says, don't be too impressed. (laughs) The devil can misuse the word of God. People can say right things, things that sound holy, but only for their own glory. Only for their own security or re-election. So it's even a beautiful scripture that the devil quotes. He will command his angels to guard you. Of course, I guess that has to be true. With their hands, they will support you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Who could argue with that scripture? So it's not what you say, it's why you say it. You can say the right thing to just look good. You can say the right thing to, to maintain power. Really, I don't think any of us, certainly not me, can handle power until we've passed all three of these tests. We can't need it personally, we can't need it politically, and we can't need it religiously. And that's why he begins his Sermon on the Mount, How Blessed Are the Poor in Spirit, The poor in spirit are those who don't need to be important, who don't need to be famous, who don't need to have power, and they are the only ones that God can give power to.